Hallelujah. You are a good, good father. Hallelujah. You're the reason for our hope. You're the reason for our joy, faithful God. You're the reason we are gathered here tonight because of your love and your goodness and sending your son to purchase us with his own life, with his own blood. Tonight, God, we come, Lord, not just for another service, but God, we have come to hear from you, to receive of you and your goodness, to grow in wisdom and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ so that, Lord, you could have your way within us. Thank you, God, for your goodness towards us. Thank you for Jesus. And thank you for pouring out your spirit upon us and pouring out your spirit even tonight. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Lord. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Well, you all can take your seat if you like. Amen. Well, it is a privilege and an honor to be brought on staff here at Heart of the Bay Christian Center. Thank you, Pastor Mark and Brenda and all the staff for uh, giving me such a warm welcome over here. And and thank you to everybody who's here in attendance tonight for the first uh, sermon I get to give is on the pastoral team. So praise God. So thank you so much. Um, It is an honor to to serve this ministry, to serve you, uh, the people of God here in Hayward, California. Amen. And I also want to thank my family for showing up tonight. Thank you so much. And then there's actually a wonderful person who did not make it tonight, but she's going to watch this a little bit later. So I actually am engaged to a beautiful woman named Evelina Roxana Corrado, but that last name will be changing in June. And so I just want to say, I love you, baby, and I wish you were here, but she is actually saving the lives of newborn children as we speak. So she is an RN nurse working in the nursery. They call her a baby catcher. So she just puts on her catching mitt and then she just catches them and walks away. No. (laughs) I hope you're enjoying that, sweetie. So I'm glad you all showed up tonight. I think it is going to be a good night um, all the way through. I'm looking forward to, uh, to some awesome time as we finish up as well. And Pastor Tom, we're going to get to see some of his skills on the electric guitar, buddy. I know you got it. I know you got it. But tonight we're going to talk about an artist at work. An artist at work. You know, Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 through 3 says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And that sounds really nice. And you get to the second part, and it starts to go a little bit downhill. It says, Now the earth was void and without form, and darkness was over the face of the deep. It says, And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. So here it is. Right now it's just all water, and it's dark, and it's chaotic. God created the heavens and the earth, and it seems like there was something that happened after that first sentence that made it so there's a chaotic situation taking place here. And the Spirit of God wasn't afraid of that. God didn't back away. He didn't forsake this planet. It says the Spirit of God got right involved in it. And there He is, and darkness is over the face of the deep, and then you see the Holy Spirit, and He is hovering over the face of the water. He's right there. The Spirit of God is right there in the midst of the darkness, in the midst of the deep. And there's something that's wonderful that is about to happen. We see the great artist, he begins to go to work. And what does he do? God speaks, right? Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light 
And he said that it was what? It was good. And you know, as he goes on throughout the rest of the creation story, at the end of his creation for each day, what does he say? He sees it and he says it is it is good. It is good. You know, we were singing about his goodness tonight. He is good. He is good. We have our hope and our trust in a good God. You know, there's people around the world who believe in, in other gods, in false gods. There's only one true God. But they serve angry gods. And they serve mean gods. The children of Israel, they got caught up with these other foreign nations to where they were even sacrificing their children in the fire for these evil gods. But that is not our God. He is not harsh. He is not hard. One of the first ways that he reveals himself, one of the main characteristics that he, said, that he says about himself is that he is kind. And Jeremiah says, Let not the wise man boast of his wisdom, or the strong man boast of his strength, or the rich man boast in his riches. But let him who boasts boast about this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord God who exercises kindness justice and righteousness in the earth for in these I delight he is a good God and this good God and this great artist he does good work amen he does good work and guess what he's working in you he's working in me and the work that he's doing it is good the trouble is it doesn't always feel good the work does not always feel good Amen. Look at Philippians chapter 1 and verse 6. Verse 6, it says, Being confident of this, that he who began a... a what kind of work? A good work. It's a good thing. This artist who is at work in your life, he who began a good work in you, what's he going to do? He's going to carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. He's working in you. He is sculpting you. You know, Pastor Mark has been talking about vision these last uh, few weeks on Sunday mornings. And this last Sunday, he was emphasizing the importance of perseverance and endurance. And I was saying, praise God, that kind of falls in line with the message that I have for tonight for you guys. Because even though we serve a good God, and even though the work that he is doing inside of us is good, the process can be hard. The process could be grinding. And it doesn't feel good. There's a lot of times where it doesn't feel good. You know, the church is really emphasizing having a vision. Having clarity to see what has God purposed for you. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 says that we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for himself to do. No, he did it in advance He prepared these good works in advance for us to do. There is work that God has for you. And it is good work. It's bringing hope to the hopeless. Help. Actually, it's all about what this church is about. To reach the lost, to heal the hurting, and to disciple and to mature the believer. Amen? That's the vision. That's the direction of this church. And that is the work of God. To reach into people's world. To touch their lives. And to pull them out of darkness into His marvelous light. Amen. To pull people up from the miry clay. People who are without God and without hope in the world. We have the answer and His name is Jesus. Amen. 
Amen. The Bible says that we are ambassadors of the Lord Jesus Christ, that God is actually making his appeal to the world through us. He is making his appeal to the people around you. He wants to make his appeal to them through you. You see, the fivefold ministry, when it talks about it in Ephesians chapter 4, these ministry gifts are given to the church for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry. Until we all reach maturity, until we all reach the full measure of the stature of the Lord Jesus Christ. Wow, that's a high goal. To reach the full measure of the stature of Jesus Christ himself. That's a high goal right there. But God has called you. Each one of you has a part in the body of Christ. And it is up to the ministry gifts to minister to you, to strengthen and encourage you so that you can rise up to all that you are called to be in the kingdom. Not everybody is supposed to be one of the fivefold ministry gifts. We need people out in the world, out in the workplace. We need you with your family and with your friends and with every sphere of influence that you have to represent the King of glory. To know that greater is He that is in you than he that is in the world. And so we come with words of encouragement and exhortation so that you can stand your ground when the day of testing comes. This life is not easy for anybody. Nobody gets a pass in life. This life comes at everyone and it comes at you hard. There is sin in the world. And there is an enemy. And he comes to still to kill and to destroy. But Jesus said, I have come that you would have life, that you would have it more abundantly. Amen. Amen. The life of God. And that is what we should be sharing with the world around us. But in order to be an ambassador, you need to be equipped and you need to be built up. If you're going to represent Jesus and there's certain characteristics that need to be formed inside of you, because when the world sees you, they need to see Jesus. They don't just need to see another person or another religion or, or somebody just living by the rules. When they see you, they should see the life of God. They should see hope. They should see peace. They should see joy. Despite the circumstances and all that you're going through. And it takes work to build these characteristics inside of us. And you guys, the, the work is not always fun. And it can be very difficult, Right? You know, a lot of times, if you're looking for the easy way in life, if you're just looking for the easy path and you just want to live at ease, and that is what your prayer is all the time, and that's what you're looking for, you actually could be distracting yourself from the will of God for your life. If you're just looking for the easy way, you're just looking for whatever makes it nice and it feels good and it all looks good and I feel comfortable because I'm in every place where I have all the skills and I'm the best one at something. But you know what? God purposefully puts us in situations where our own ability is not enough. He will take you so far out of your comfort zone, you'll feel like you're exposed to the world. He takes you out of everything that you're comfortable with, out of everything that you have known. He'll call you like Abraham when he called him away from his family and away from his clan and away from his country to a place that God would eventually show him. But God didn't even say where he was taking him. And then Abraham just said yes. And he trusted God. 
You should look at the life of Abraham. He's called the father of faith for a reason. And it's not because he was perfect. He was far from perfect. But he trusted in the goodness of God. He trusted in the goodness of God so much that he left all of his comfort, everything that he knew, and he went on a journey to a place he didn't even know where he was going because he trusted in the goodness of God when he heard his voice. What will you do when you hear the voice of God? When he calls you away from all your comforts, will you trust in his goodness or will you reason it away? That can't be God. That makes me uncomfortable. That can't be God. God knows I'm not good at that. No, God will purposefully lead you out of everything that's comfortable for you. It was because Abraham trusted in the goodness of God that he was willing to give up Isaac. If you think about it, Abraham was already an old man at that time. And God appeared to Abraham after the promise had finally come. He thought it was going to be Ishmael. When, when finally an Ishmael came, he's like, okay, that's it. And then God says, no, there's going to be another son born. And it's going to be from your barren wife, who is no longer going to be barren. I'm going to change her name, and I'm going to give you a son, the son of promise, Isaac. And they're laughing about it because it just seems so ridiculous, God. Are you kidding me? She's a hundred. <laughs> Or I'm 100, she's 90. That's kind of old to be given. Anybody 90 in the room? Anybody want some children at 90 over here? <laughs> Come on. But you know what? Finally, 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 receiving the promise of God. And then God says, Abraham, take your son, your one and only son, and offer him up to me. You see, at this point... Abraham doesn't have the Bible, okay? He doesn't even have the law of Moses. That comes hundreds of years later. Abraham has nothing, but he just knows that he has heard the voice of God before. And he has seen the goodness of the Lord in his life. And now here comes this word. And he, the, the Bible says in Hebrews that he reasoned that God was able to raise the dead. He goes, God gave me a promise. And he said, it is through Isaac that my offspring will be reckoned. He knew what God had promised. And it was not because Abraham was so afraid of punishment that he obeyed God. He's an old man already. He doesn't, he doesn't mind to lay down his own life. It's not because he's afraid of losing anything. He wasn't motivated by this fear of loss or hurt or harm. He was willing to offer up his son to God. Because he trusted in the goodness of God. He didn't understand what was going to happen, but in Hebrews it says he reasoned that, hey, God could even raise the dead. And so maybe that's what's going to happen. Lord, I don't know how you're going to work this out, but you said through this son my offspring is going to be reckoned, and you've called me the father of many nations, so I know what you have promised, and the vision that you have given me, you're going to carry it on to completion. What you have promised, you are also able to perform. So I'm going to trust in your goodness. And so Abraham, trusting in the goodness of God, acted. And God did not have him follow through with it. He goes, stop. He goes, but now I know your heart. Now I know your heart. You know, you could never earn anything from God. But you can show yourself worthy to receive things from God. 
You can never earn it from Him. There's no earning something from God. In Romans chapter 11, at the end, there's this doxology, and it says, Who has ever given to God that God should repay? No one has ever given to Him that He should repay. There's no earning anything from God. Religion keeps you trying to earn something from God. But this true religion, this word of the living God, and this relationship with the Creator of the universe, this is not about earning Everything that we receive from God is all due to His grace and what He bought through the price of His own Son's blood. Amen? But you will be proven before you step into the fullness of what God has for you. There is a proving process. And the proving process is no fun. And the proving process, it does not feel good. The proving process is like a pruning process. Some things are getting cut off. Some attitudes. Some trusting in the wrong thing. Trusting in your workplace and compromising with your boss. Compromising in your school. Compromising with your friends or your family because, hey, everybody's got to do what they got to do to get ahead in life. No, we should live higher. We should live in the fear of God. Only looking to Him. And say, Lord, whatever your plan is for me, I want it. Whatever your vision is for my life. You see, we, we made these vision, these, this isn't one of them, but we made these vision cards the other day and we filled them out. And the Bible says that God delights in the prosperity of his people. You know, when the things that you want and desire in this life, if, is there, if they're good things, God's okay with you having them. But there is a focus that we should have where we are seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And guess what? All these other things, they're added to you. You see, you got to keep them first and you will be tested in life to see, is he really first in your life? Is he really first when he calls you away from those things that you wanted so much? When he calls you to step away from the things that you have grown accustomed to? Will you trust in His goodness and leave those other things behind? When you're going after the vision of God and the purpose of God. Amen? Amen. I wrote this um, a while ago. I actually shared this last time I was here. But God gave me this poem um, before I went through one of the hardest, the hardest time in my life in 2018. This one thing after another happened. And it was a very hard time. And I had this poem before that. And, and it helped me through it. But you know, a lot of times as Christians, we could be going through hardship and we don't understand why. And we know what the promises of God are. And we could quote them. And then we look at our lives and we see, my life does not look like the promise. And my life does not look like the vision. Where are you, God? Where are you in my pain, in my discomfort? Where are you, Lord, in my loss, in my sorrow? Where are you, Lord, in my body with healing, in my mind with peace, in my soul? God, where are you at? I've been walking with you. I've been trusting you. I've been standing on your word. And God, I I feel like I'm growing faint. And you're seeing everything around you and it does not look like the goodness of God. It does not look like His promise. But where will will your perspective be? What will you focus upon? That's right. this, this is called when the day of trial comes. 
The pressures of life pressing on my soul. Anger and strife, I could lose all control. Sorrows drown my heart, its anchors pull me down. I feel no motivation, I feel low to the ground. The whole world, the whole world against me, hell unleashed upon me, sickness and disease pursue me, poverty tries to undo me. In the dark, I can't see, I try my best but can't breathe. Stuck in the depth of the sea, is there no hope for me? But I'm a Christian. Where is the victory? I've been looking outward with that view I'll never win. I close my eyes, fall to my knees. It's time to look within. You are not God far away. Lord, you are closer than my skin. You are deeper than my soul in my spirit that's born again. I look upon you, not the storm. My eyes are on you, not the wind. My gaze is toward you, not my sorrow, my anger, or my sin. By your blood I am washed. By your works I am free. By your spirit I'm empowered to have the victory. So I will stand on the truth. The promises in Christ are amen. The facts will change in my favor. On the promises of God I will stand. Now with hope in his name, I will never be put to shame. I am for the glory of his fame. And with boldness I proclaim, I am healed. I am set free. I am redeemed and blessings pursue me. I am full of joy and great is my peace. God's favor rests upon me and songs of praise I release. I roar his triumph, the resurrection from the grave. He has conquered death. My God is mighty to save. God the Almighty, the Almighty inside me. For freedom he freed me. His spirit revived me. There is victory for me, for the victor is in me. Standing steadfast, I will see the provider providing, and all my enemies hiding, for they knew they were lying, and they failed in their trying. Now this lion is roaring, great exploits I'm performing, taking up sword and shield, this mighty warrior is warring. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When the day of trial comes, where will your perspective be? There's this famous artist, let me see, um, his name is Bob Ross. Anybody ever heard of Bob Ross? He was the guy with a perm, like really curly hair on TV, and he would paint, and he would talk as he painted, right? And so the guy must have been pretty entertaining because we would watch him, you know, when we were kids. And I mean, I remember there was this one episode where he's saying, he just pulls out a red, uh, you know, some red on his paintbrush. He just starts saying, redder is better. Redder, and he just, over and over, he's just saying, redder is better. Redder, and, and so me and my brothers, we're just laughing at it. And we're, I mean, to this day, we still bring it up. <laughs> but it was really interesting watching this artist at work. You know, he would paint landscapes, right? He would paint this amazing landscape. And you're like, wow, look at the mountains and, and the lake and the flowers and, and all this. And, and you're just kind of amazed. I mean, it captures you. You're sitting here watching TV, watching this guy paint. And you're like, how is he doing this? And then all of a sudden, and you're thinking, why would he do this? As I pause for dramatic effect. <laughs> all of a sudden, he takes his paintbrush and he dips it in the dark brown color and then he just goes all the way down through the painting I mean it's like just a little off center and you're like Bob what are you doing you just made this amazing painting and now you just messed it up I'm about to flip the channel but I gotta see what you're gonna do now cause I thought you knew what you were doing Bob and now you just messed up your painting. 
I'm a little frustrated with you because I was really enjoying this beautiful lake and the scenery and, and now it's all ruined. And then you see, Bob's not done yet. Bob, is, he keeps working. And you see that this big, dark brown line that he just put right down, just off center in the picture, he begins to turn it into this beautiful tree. He begins to add branches and add leaves to the branches and all this beautiful color. And you know what he was doing with that? He added depth to it. He didn't even know what was missing. You didn't even know what was missing in your life. You didn't even, you had no idea what God has for you. And then something happens in life that looks like that should not be there. Lord, you were doing a good job. Life was going good for a while. And now you just messed it up. (laughs) Or you allowed it to happen. Or this or that. Where are you? What are you doing? And he's saying, trust in my goodness. I'm a good artist. I've been doing this for a while. He's saying, I'm adding depth to you. I'm adding depth to your faith. I'm adding depth to your relationship with me. He doesn't want superficial. He does not want rules and regulation and and your belief is just like any other religion in the world. He wants depth to your relationship. He wants a relationship that could stand trial and testing and disappointment and hurt and pain. He's creating depth inside of you. And if you will allow Him, He'll make something beautiful out of it. He will. But it's up to you. It's up to you to keep your heart. The Bible says, guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it flows the issues of life. Above all else, guard your heart with all diligence. If there's something to focus on, keep your heart right before God. Don't point a finger at Him. Don't judge Him. Don't blame Him. Don't question Him in a disrespectful way. We could ask God questions, but feeling like He owes you an answer, God never owed us anything. He never owed us anything. And when you think God owes you something, you're going to find yourself very frustrated. When you go through those hard times in life and you don't have an answer as to why, God does not owe you a why. And you know, peace doesn't come with the why. Peace comes in the Prince of Peace. Peace comes in Jesus. Amen? Amen. And if we will trust in His goodness in the midst of the great disappointment or the pain... And Lord, I just pray, Lord, that you reveal to them right now, God. Just show them clearly, Lord, those things in their lives, Lord, that have happened. Lord, that have taken them, taken their focus off of you, God. Lord, that has caused them, Lord, to let go of the dreams and the vision that you have placed inside of them, the disappointments and the hurts, God. I pray that right now, Lord, you would work in their hearts and show them, Lord, that you are speaking right to them. And you're saying, if they, if they will let you, you will work in their hearts. You will create something beautiful from the pain. 
Hallelujah, God, do your deep work. Hallelujah. Not everything that happens is from God. It is not God who causes all these horrible things to happen. We already quoted John 10.10. It's the enemy that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And people try to blame God for everything. Not everything that happens is from God. The enemy is still doing his job too. But you know what the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 1? It says that he will work all things in conformity with the purpose of his will. He will work it out. He will turn it around. He will take that heartache and that pain and He will build you up if you allow Him. If you allow Him to come in, He will create in you the character of Christ. And that is what this artist is doing. And time is getting away from me so quickly. But that is what this artist is doing. You have been predestined to be conformed to the likeness of Jesus. There is a high calling for your life. You are to reflect the Lord's glory. 2 Corinthians 3.18 We all, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory by the Spirit of God. As you behold Him, you become like Him. It is not through your efforts of trying to be perfect. It is having a perfect heart before Him. The eyes of the Lord search to and fro throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to Him, whose hearts are perfect towards Him. He is looking for you. Will He find you and He will strengthen you in your weakness? He will strengthen you in your pain. He calls you out of your comfort zone on purpose because He wants you to find a strength so much more than your own. He wants you to be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Do you want to see what you can do? Or would you rather see what God can do through you? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He can part the sea. Hallelujah. He can move the mountains. Hallelujah. He can raise the dead. He can heal the sick and set the captives flee. And He can do it through you. Jesus is the head of the body, seated in heaven. And you are the body of Christ. And each of you has a role. Jesus speaking at the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5, He says, you are the light of the world. You are. You have a high calling. And you have been predestined to be conformed to the likeness of God's Son. Hallelujah. Jesus said in Revelation, He says, To him who overcomes, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne, just as I overcame and sat with my Father on His. He is calling you higher. He is calling you like it talks about in Ephesians chapter 2. He wants you raised up, seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. He does not want you living like the rest of the world. He wants you reigning in life through the one man, Christ Jesus. But you will not do that in your own strength. You will not do that in your own way. You will not do that with human reasoning. You will do that by trusting in the goodness of God and stepping out of all of your comfort and everything else you can trust in and trusting fully in Him and in His promise and saying, Lord, have your way. And if you will persevere, you will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. My exhortation to you tonight is to hope in God. Hope in His goodness and commit your life fully to His purpose again. Fully to His vision again. Pastor Tom, could you come up, sir? Hallelujah.
When Jesus talks about the sower, sows the seed. And the seed is the word that goes into different kinds of ground. And the ground is your heart. You see, there's a ground that I think a lot of Christians can identify with. And that is where the thorns are. And what are the thorns? They are the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the lust for other things. You know what these are? These are all distractions. These are all distractions to get you to take your focus off of Jesus, to get you to not focus on what He has called you to, and to just begin to focus just on yourself and your inadequacies, and get you to focus on life and how hard it is, or all the things that you want in this world, when God is saying, set your eyes higher. Do not lose focus. Fix your eyes upon Jesus. He is the author and the perfecter of your faith. It's not so much about your effort to perfect yourself as much as it is cooperating with the work of Jesus. You're just cooperating with Him. You see, Paul said this. He said, I am what I am by the grace of God. And His grace towards me, it was not in vain. For I labored harder than them all. Yet not I, but the grace of God in me. You see, he's giving credit to the grace, but then he's saying, I put in the work. But then he's saying, but it was the grace. You see, he keeps, he keeps the focus right. There is effort involved. There is discipline involved. But the work is of God, and there is grace for it. In Philippians, it says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. And you're like, oh boy, I better really work this thing out. But it goes on to say, for it's he who works in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. You see, there's a divine cooperation. And if you're going to lay hold of the vision of God and the purpose of God for your life, then you need to let go of other things. And turn away from the distractions. And lay hold of him. Paul said, I take hold of that for which Christ has taken hold of me. Hallelujah. Go ahead and stand to your feet. And Pastor Tom is going to make that act sing. Hallelujah. But tonight I want to invite you to search your heart. And you could even pray like David did. Lord, search me and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. See if there is any wicked way within me. And lead me in the way everlasting. Right now, have some introspection in the presence of God and say, Lord, have I been distracted, Lord, from your call? Have I been distracted by the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, the lust for other things? Have I been distracted by disappointment and hurt and pain? Look inside. Hallelujah, faithful God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Set our hearts upon you again, mighty God. Let us return to our first love wholeheartedly, withholding nothing, letting go of everything else and saying, Jesus, you are my treasure and you are my prize. You are all that I want and you are my great desire. You are the pearl of great price and I sell everything to obtain you, mighty God, because you sold everything to obtain me, Jesus. Hallelujah. His purpose for you still stands. The gifts and the calling of God are without repentance. The enemy wants you to think that you messed it up, that you've gone too far. 
But I tell you, the blood of Jesus is greater. It's greater than any mistake or any failure or any pain that you have faced. The blood of Jesus speaks on your behalf and it says that you are clean, that you are washed, that you are in right standing with God in His righteousness. Hallelujah. Father God, I pray for my brothers and sisters tonight. And I pray, Lord, that you would strengthen us with might by your Spirit in our inner being. Lord, that we wouldn't live as mere men and women, but that we would live this life as the sons and daughters of God, reflecting Jesus to the world around us, shining the glory of God, and giving all the glory back to you, faithful King. I thank you for the comforter who is with us when we step out of the boat. When we step out of all of our comforts, we have the comforter on the inside. Hallelujah. Strengthen us tonight. Give us clarity of vision and direction in heart. And give us boldness to carry out that vision that you have for us, God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father.